to the Gleaned Podcast. We're glad you're able to tune in with us today. And we've been talking about healing. And tonight, we've got the general in the faith <laughs> back with us. And we're going to continue on that. Tonight's subject is going to be God wants you healed. And real quick, do us a favor. If you're on Facebook, hit the like button. Also hit the share button to let other people know that we're out here. We're talking about uh, things of God that will help you in your everyday life because our desire is to see people's lives changed by the power of God. So if you're on Facebook, like us and share it. Also, you can do that on YouTube. And also hit in the comments. Let us know you're watching. Let us know where you're from. If you have any prayer requests during this uh, viewing of this or this broadcast, you can put those in and we'll pray for you. And we're just glad that you're with us. But everybody knows somebody that is dealing with maybe cancer or uh, some type of sickness in their body. And, you know, when you look at the medicines that, that the world offers, most of the time the side effects are worse than what the, the problem is that you have. You know, I always kind of joke about it, but in a way it's it's a serious thing. But you could have twitching eyes, and you can take this medicine, and it'll fix your twitching eyes, but it one of the side effects is could cause sudden death. Well, if I've got to take my chances, I think I'll just keep my twitching eye. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you're faced with a situation. We, we thank God for doctors, and we, we've said that in previous podcasts, and we believe that God has sent doctors. He's give doctors wisdom and that they can come up with medicines that do work. But also there is times when what do you do when you go to a doctor and he says there is no hope? We've done all we can do. Uh, you need to get your affairs in order. People that don't know God, they have no hope. It's the end of the line for them. And also, just real quick, if if you know somebody that's dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts, suicide or suicidal thoughts and depression, anxiety, worry, those are sicknesses just like cancer or Anything else, it's just a sickness in the mind. Not only can God heal your body, but he can set you free and deliver you and heal your mind. So without further ado, we're going to jump in on God wants you healed. And we're glad to have you back. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. I missed the broadcast last week and uh, the podcast. And uh, But I was thinking about y'all, and we watched, uh, you know, where we were at at my brother's house in Asheville. But uh, I want to share basically three scriptures tonight, deal with them. Uh, I think it'll answer a lot of questions for uh, people. Matthew chapter 15, uh, also Luke chapter 13, and John chapter 9. And uh, so if you are reading along with us in your Bible, and we'd like for you to do that because we want you to see it in God's Word and realize it's not my opinion, right. but it's it's the Word of God. And, uh, you know, the opinion of man is uh, like one uh, minister used to say, is about 50, worth about 15 cents worth of nothing. <laughs> so opinions don't matter a whole lot, but the truth of God's Word does matter. 
Right. And it's what will make the difference in a person's life. And so uh, also, uh, you know, a lot of people believe that God has the power to heal. Mm -hmm. They'll say, oh, yeah, God can do anything. Where do you believe he'll heal you? Well, I, I believe God can, but, it, you know, it may not be his will. Mm -hmm. Well, how are you going to find out? The only place you can find God's will is in his word. Right. His will is his word pinned down so that we can know what he thinks mm -hmm. and what his desire is, what his will is. And uh, the scripture tells us in 3 John in verse 2, Beloved, I wish above or I desire mm -hmm. above all things. Well, all things covers all things. All things. That you may prosper Mm -hmm. And be in health, even as your soul doth prosper. And so uh, I believe that uh, that has to do with how much we have renewed our mind to the Word of God uh, to find out, you know, for ourselves. You know, you, you don't have to be a theologian or, uh, you know, a pro professor or anything like that to understand the Bible. Uh, in John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus said, well, actually he said in verse 12, he said to his disciples, I have many things yet to say unto you, but you're not able to bear them now. Now, he didn't say, I'm not ever going to tell you. He just mm -hmm. said, you can't receive it now. They were not spiritually mature enough or mm -hmm. far along enough in their spiritual walk uh, to for Jesus to share with them all the things that he wanted to share with them. But then in verse 13, he said, but when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Well, ask yourself, has the spirit of truth come? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you, mm -hmm. not just the preacher, not just the prophet, not just the evangelist, but he will guide you the believer, into all truth. Mm -hmm. And he will not speak of himself, but he will take of that which is mine and will share it with you or mm -hmm. show it unto you. Right. So the only way that we can settle the conflict, the battle is in the mind, mm -hmm. in the thought life. Uh, in John's Gospel, the 10th chapter, the Bible says that the thief has come but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, we know who the thief is. That's the devil. Mm -hmm. He's come. Everything that steals, everything that kills, and everything that destroys is of the devil. Then but Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, every good, right, <laughs> not bad, Everything, every good gift, every mm -hmm. perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Right. That means he never changes. He's the, His word is already settled in heaven, mm -hmm. and he's not going to change his mind about right. it. Praise God. So we can base our faith on the written word of God because it's already settled in heaven. I, I personally believe the same word we have to live by here in this life, we'll have to live by in heaven. 
Right. Because it's already settled in mm-hmm. it. And so uh, somebody said one time, if we don't learn it now, we'll be going to school a lot up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, I want to share from uh, the 15th chapter of Luke, uh, Matthew's gospel. And uh, here uh, we hear the story of, about the Seraphonician woman. I want to begin with uh, uh, the 22nd verse of the 15th chapter. And it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. You know, even though she was a Gentile, she was not of the house of Israel, she knew that uh, the scriptures teach that there is a Messiah mm-hmm. that is to come and he would take away the sins of the people. And so even in that, she was acknowledging him mm-hmm. as her Lord and Savior, even though, you know, she was not of the house of Israel. And uh, at that particular time, the gospel had not been turned over to right. the Gentile. Uh, in John chapter 1, in uh, verse 11, Jesus said, I, he said there, he came to his own, and his own received him not. Right. But to as many as did receive him, to them gave he the power or the authority to become the sons of God. Mm-hmm. And so we see from that that in every generation, God has always had a remnant of believers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some some say, well, the church is going into apostasy and the church is going to fall away. Uh, well, there will be some that mm-hmm. will fall away. There will be some that will shipwreck their faith. And that, but that it doesn't mean that everybody will. It just said there'd be some. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that sun. I, I want to stay with the Word of God. I want to keep my faith strong. And uh, irregardless of what men say or what the media is saying on the news, uh, it doesn't matter. It's what does God's Word say. Right. And that's what we have to base our faith on. And so uh, he said, uh, she said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Now, I thought that was kind of strange. <laughs> you know, Jesus acted like he didn't even hear. Mm-hmm. He, he never answered her a word. You know, usually when somebody would call out to him, he had answer them immediately, right. you know, respond to mm-hmm. them. But he said he answered her not a word. In other words, he acted like he didn't even hear what she was saying. So evidently, she went to the disciples and uh, began to ask them to help her, you know. And it said, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. She's crying after us. In other words, she wants us to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And they thought because Jesus didn't do it, mm-hmm. they didn't have to, you right. know, or they couldn't or whatever. <clears throat> but uh, Jesus then, uh, you know, answered in verse 24. He answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he was saying, I've not been released to send the gospel into the Gentile world, mm-hmm. you know. 
I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And uh, then she did something that uh, I, I think, you know, why this is here, this is my opinion, mm -hmm. <laughs> which may not amount to much, but uh, this is my opinion. I believe that the reason Jesus didn't answer her when she first called out to him was Jesus wanted to see at what length she would go mm -hmm. to get help for her daughter. Mm -hmm. Now, that's my personal opinion, which right. may not be worth much, but I, I, I feel that anyway. And he's, he's uh, you know, he said, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then notice what she did. She came and worshiped him, <laughs> saying, Lord, help me. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, when you come before the Lord worshiping him, that means, you know, you, you're going to get help. Mm -hmm. Because when you worship God, you get his attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's probably one of the quickest ways to get God's attention on your case mm -hmm. is that in spite of everything, mm -hmm. worship him. Give right. him the praise, the honor, and the glory. And so she worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. But now notice this, this is the theme of what we're going to be talking about tonight in all three passages of scriptures I mentioned. But he answered her in the 26th verse and said, it is not meat or it is not good to take, notice it, the children's bread mm -hmm. and cast it to dogs. Mm -hmm. Now, what I want you to, we're going to see some more good stuff here in just a second, but what I want you to catch right now is that he said, it's not meat or good to take the children's bread. Mm -hmm. So what he was saying is healing is the children's bread. Right. Deliverance is the children's bread. Right. It belongs to the child of God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. He's already paid the price mm -hmm. in our redemption. He's already paid the price. Mm -hmm. Praise God forevermore. I don't know about you, but that's just <laughs> enough to make me want to shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, notice, and she said, <clears throat> you know, uh, you understand the culture of that day that anybody that was not of the household of Israel was considered an outcast or a, a dog. Right. You know, they had no dealings with mm -hmm. one another. And we see that example also in John chapter 4 when Jesus was at the well of Samaria and uh, the disciples had gone into town to buy some meat and uh, the uh, Samaritan woman came and he asked her for a drink of water. And she said, how come you asking me for water? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, mm -hmm. and we have no dealings with each other. So she, she knew the culture. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, anybody that was not of the household of Israel was considered an outcast or a dog, mm -hmm. you know. Well, how would you like to be called a dog? Not too good. <laughs> not, not too good, <laughs> uh, you know. And, but she said, that's true, Lord. In other words, she had, she acknowledged. I know that customarily, mm -hmm. we we and the Jews we have no dealings with each other. Mm -hmm. I know you consider me an outcast or a Gentile dog. That's what she was acknowledging. Mm -hmm. 
But notice, boy, this this really got Jesus's attention. She said, "That's true, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table." Notice mm-hmm. again, she acknowledged him as the master. Right. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus answered and said unto her, "O woman, great is thy faith. Yeah. Be it unto thee." even as you will. Right. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Yep. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so, you know, she she cried out to God for help. It seemed like he wasn't paying any attention to her. But again, I believe that that was Jesus testing her to see how far she would go mm-hmm. to get help for her daughter. That might be a question you need to uh, ask yourself. How far am I willing to go to get help for my child mm-hmm. or for a loved one, whoever it might be? Uh, you know, you this this thing is is uh, not a game. None of none of the gospel is a game. It's a way of life. Christianity. I, I don't even like to use the word religion, right? Because uh, you know, religion has a lot of man-made rules and ideas and conceptions of what things mean, but Christianity is a way of life. It is living for Jesus, having him in your heart and in your life as your personal Savior, and living for him, serving him. It, it's, a, it, it's a serious thing. And yet it it brings so much peace and so much joy right. into your heart and into your life yeah. when you do what he's asked you to do. Yeah. I think something else in that uh, passage with the, the Seraphonician woman that, that jumped out as you was reading that is two of the key elements to receiving healing from God, really three, is one is acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. She said, Lord, thou son of David. Mm-hmm. She acknowledged his position. She called him master later on. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing after acknowledgement was worship. Yeah. When you acknowledge God is, as God and Jesus is your Savior and you worship, you have now created an avenue. You've got yeah. his attention that you're ready to receive. Mm-hmm. And also, even when he said what he said, what I see in her you know, a lot of people nowadays. I was thinking about that. With if they would, we'd, you'd call somebody a dog now. Well, that's they, they offended. Mm-hmm. My feelings are hurt, but she showed humility. Yeah, there was no pride. There was no alter, ulterior motive. She was there to do whatever was necessary so that her child would be made whole. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I thought that was good. Yeah, uh, that we see an illustration also of uh, you know being humble, being and having humility. Uh, in the Old Testament, I believe it's First Kings chapter eighteen, where Naaman, mm-hmm. who, who was a, a a soldier, you know, he was in authority and in power, uh, but he had cancer uh, and uh, or some sickness, you know, and. Uh, his maid, which was a Jewish maid, she told him, she said, uh, you know, you you go to the God of Israel or to the prophet Elijah mm-hmm. 
and he can heal you of your infirmity. And, uh, you know, he, she said, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. I mean, if no doctors can bring a healing or a cure, and like you said earlier, we, we certainly are not opposed to medical science. We are not opposed to doctors. We thank God for them. Mm-hmm. We thank God for the ability that he's given them. And uh, if, if we didn't have doctors, probably more than half of us had already been dead. Right. You know, yeah. until we learn that we have a God that is a higher authority, mm-hmm. a higher power, and he is not only able, in other words, there's no such thing as an incurable disease right. in the eyes of God. Right. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And when other doctors thank God for them, and they, I, I believe that the majority of them, they try to do what's best, they believe, for their patient. They want to help them. And, and I believe they're sincere in it. But there's a lot of diseases they hadn't found a cure for yet. Right. But there's no cure that God's Word don't cover. Exactly. Hallelujah. There's no such thing as an incurable disease right. with God. Right. Amen. Yeah. And so uh, he finally humbled himself and went to the man of God, and he thought, well, maybe he'll ask me to do some great thing, you know, and I'll do it and I'll be healed. And he he didn't even go out and meet him. Mm-hmm. He didn't even go out and say, well, it's nice to meet you, uh, Naaman. Uh, you know, and I'm glad you come to see him. He didn't even go outside to greet him. Mm-hmm. He, he said, you go out and tell him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Mm-hmm. And that insulted him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, all the rivers there are in the land, yeah. and you want me to go dip in the old muddy Jordan, mm-hmm. you know. And he got mad. And again, the the Jewish maid that served him said, uh, well, you know, what, what have you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't do something, you're going to die, mm-hmm. you know. What have you got to lose? So finally he humbled himself. You know, he, he had to humble himself, mm-hmm. and he went, and he got in the muddy Jordan, and he dipped one time, and he come up, and no different. Two times, three times, four times, five times, six times, come up, and no different. But the seventh you see, you got to do what God said. If God said dip three times, just dip yep. three times. Mm-hmm. But God said dip seven times. Mm-hmm. Obedience is the key right. that unlocks faith. Right. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so the seventh time he dipped in the muddy Jordan, he come up healed mm-hmm. of his disease. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. And so uh, there again shows uh, the humility, you know, that mm-hmm. you talked about. Uh, a lot of people, you, you'd think, you know, if I have some kind of affliction, I've I, I, I've got too much pride to go ask for help. Right. Well, listen, if you don't have any other choice, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You, ne- you need to not have pride anyway. Right. Get rid of pride. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord have mercy. Get me help any way I can get it. Right. You know. And I don't care who it is that prays for me. Yeah. You know, if they believe the word of God and I believe the word of God and we can agree together, I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, lay hands on me, pray for me, curse that disease. I want to be healed. Right. You know, 
healed is better. Yeah. I, I've been sick and I've been well. Right. And well is better. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, next, I want us to look over in the 13th chapter of Luke's gospel for a little bit. Uh, I always thought this was a, a interesting passage of Scripture. Of course, all of them are. Mm-hmm. But uh, it said in the 13th chapter of uh, Luke's gospel, beginning in the 10th verse, it said, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. One thing you'll find about Jesus, his entire ministry, other than the fact that he was uh, the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and he went to the cross to die for our sins, shed his blood. Now, he was the only one that could do that. Right. He was the only spotless Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that was without sin. Right. And so, uh, you know, he was the only one that could do that and become the supreme sacrifice that was needed. But uh, otherwise, in his ministry, you'll find these three things was always present, teaching, preaching, and healing. Mm -hmm. Everywhere he went, teaching, preaching, and healing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, hearing the word of God is the answer for doubt and unbelief. Right. And, uh, you know, whenever you're uh, praying and you're confessing the Word of God, standing on the Word of God, and the Bible teaches us to do that. Uh, In Hebrews 10, 23, he said, Let us hold fast our confession of faith without wavering, for he's faithful that promised. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we'll stand on the Word and say, Well, by his stripes I'm healed, 1 Peter 2, 24. Mm -hmm. And Mark eleven twenty four. what things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them, and so on. And so we, we uh, stand in faith and we say, I believe I receive my healing. Praise God. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, then the enemy will come. You know, the Bible says when the word of God is sown in your heart, immediately the enemy will come, begin to bombard your mind mm-hmm. and say, well, what makes you think you're healed? You still have that little bit of a twinge or mm-hmm. something in your side or whatever it might be. And uh, what what makes you think God's going to heal you? I know God, even the devil admits sometimes that God does heal people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I know God heals some people, but what makes you think he's going to heal you? Right. Don't you know the other day you got mad at that clerk at the store <laughs> and you said some things to that person you shouldn't have said? and how, how do you, you're supposed to be a Christian. And if you was a real Christian, you wouldn't have talked that way to her. Right. What makes you think now God's going to heal you? Well, I had a situation one time. Uh, we had a healing service here at the church, and uh, I'd already prayed for several people, you know. And uh, this one lady came forward, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I took her by the hand, and, you know, she was standing right there in front of me, and she said, almost sarcastically, will God heal me if I got sin in my life? (laughs) You know, like that. I said, well, if you repent, he will. Mm -hmm. She said, well, I'm sorry. I mean, just that way, sarcastic, you know. 
And soon as she said, I'm sorry, the power of God went into her and knocked her backwards about four or five steps. Mm -hmm. And all she could say was, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) And, And I went on and prayed for a few other people and come back up at the front where she was. And she was to, she'd look at me in her eyes, great big, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, you, you got to mean business with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, evidently in her situation, she may have been frustrated and everything else. But in, I believe, in her innermost being, she knew that Jesus right. was her only hope. Mm-hmm. And the power of God touched her mm-hmm. and made her whole. Praise God. And, uh, but here, uh, in Luke's gospel, the 13th chapter, uh, and it said he was teaching. Mm-hmm. You see, the word of God has to be taught. Right. How's, how's people going to know that it's God's will to heal if they're not taught? Right. And so many, you know, have said, well, uh, I know that Jesus healed when he was here on earth and some of the apostles healed. But when all the last of the apostles died out, healing is God's give us doctors and we don't Mm -hmm. need that. Well, again, like you said at the beginning, if a doctor comes to you and he said, we've done everything we know Mm -hmm. possible to do, we we don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, they'll usually say, you maybe have two or three months at Mm -hmm. most to live. And they turn around, I'm sure they're sad that they can't help you. Mm-hmm. They, but they say, we, we've done everything we know. I, I don't know what else to do. I remember a, a good friend of mine, he comes to church here, uh, Buddy, mm-hmm. you know him. And uh, he, uh, you know, was given the diagnosis of prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the urologist, I was up there at the hospital with him when the urologist come in. And the way it had grown inside of him, they told him, he said, we can't operate. Right. There's no way we can operate. There's nothing we can do. And so Buddy asked him, said, well, how long do you think I've got to live? He said, well, if you're fortunate, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And so he turned around and walked out. You know, doctors have to tell us the truth. Right. I mean, you know, that's their responsibility. And uh, when the doctor walked out, I said, well, buddy, I know that's not the report that you wanted to hear. But I said, God has the last word, Mm -hmm. the last say-so. I said, I'm going to call your wife, and we're going to get the three of us on the phone. And the Bible says, according to Matthew 18 and uh, verses 18 and 19, it said that if we ask anything, Mm-hmm. Any two of you shall touch and agree mm-hmm. <clears throat> as concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of the Father which is in heaven. Right. So uh, we got her on the phone and told her what the doctor had said. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, we prayed and agreed. And, uh, you know, uh, to make a long story short, God healed him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he'd been back to the doctor, I think, several times since then. And uh, his PSA level is so low, it won't even register. Right. <laughs> you know. And he's been totally cancer-free. Yeah. And so for years. We, we thank God, yeah, for yeah. that. 
<clears throat> so, uh, you know, as I said, there's always hope in God. Mm -hmm. Again, we thank God for doctors and what they can do. But, uh, you know, when they say there's nothing else, <clears throat> excuse me, there's nothing else that we can do, uh, then what do you do? Right. If you don't know God's word and you don't have no hope in him, there is no hope. Right. You know, but thank God there's hope in, in God. Mm -hmm. There's always hope in him. And uh, in Psalms, uh, the Bible says that our expectation or our hope is from him. Mm -hmm. you see, God will give you hope if you listen to what his word says. And I know people I used to uh, years ago when I would go into the hospitals and visit people. And sometimes, uh, I mean, I would go to visit our members, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and I would uh, maybe walk by a room and I'd see somebody that I knew. They were not a church member, but uh, I knew them. They were friends. And I would stick my head in the door and ask them how they were doing and uh, told them, you know, that keep the faith that we believe in God with you and for you. And we believe God will raise you up. And, uh, you know, I sometimes I might say a short prayer uh, with them. But uh, I've done that before. And then somebody, where's a family member or somebody, would run out behind me. What, what, what are you giving them false hope for? Mm -hmm. Well, what do you mean? I'm giving them the word of God. Yep. That's not false hope. Right. That's the only real hope that mm -hmm. there is. Right. Is that hope that we have in him mm -hmm. and what he did for us in the redemptive act. Mm -hmm. When he bore those stripes upon his back, according to Isaiah mm -hmm. 53, 4 and 5, surely he has, surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Mm -hmm. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, they, we are healed. Mm -hmm. And you see, when Isaiah prophesied that, it was 700 years before Jesus ever came right. to the earth. Yep. But you see, he saw through the eye of faith mm -hmm. and saw that when the Messiah come mm -hmm. to take away the sins of the world, that he would bear our sin, our sickness, our diseases in his own body in the redemptive act. Right. Praise God. Thank It's so wonderful. You know, and Matthew 18, 8, 17 bears that out. Mm -hmm. Peter's mother-in-law who was sick of a fever, you know, and it said uh, in the one gospel, it said that it was a great fever. I, you know, I don't know what was causing it, didn't say, but it, it wasn't just a light fever. It was a great fever, mm -hmm. and she was laid laid up because of right. it. And it said Jesus rebuked the fever, and he touched her, mm -hmm. and the, immediately the fever left her. Mm -hmm. And he lifted her up, and she rose up and ministered to all of them then. Mm -hmm. And then verse 17 says, that it might be fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah, mm -hmm. saying himself took yep. our infirmities 
and bear our sickness. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that's something to shout about, yeah. praise God about. And then 1 Peter 2.24, the latter part of that, by whose stripes you were healed. Right. Past him. Right. So that's letting us know. Isaiah was on this side looking to the cross. Right. Peter's on this side of the cross looking back. Right. And saying it's already a done The, the finished work. A finished work. Yeah. The, the price has already been paid. The redemptive act has been, uh, you know, ministered. Mm -hmm. It is a done deal. Right. Praise God. Yeah. And so that's what gives us hope and gives us, at the same time, it gives us hope and faith that God is still in the healing business. Hebrews 13 and 8. I, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of ministers preach from that, and Jesus Christ is the same. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. But yet, you know, when it comes, well, do you believe in healing? Well, now, you know, God's give us doctors this day mm -hmm. and time, and, and uh, uh, you know, we don't have that anymore. Well, if he if he's not the same, and if he still don't heal today, then he lied. Well, one of his disciples was a doctor. Yeah, Luke was a doctor. They had doctors before him. Yeah, <laughs> and why he was there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, thank God, God's word is true. Right. There again, you can't. You say, well, I know some might believe that, and they died. Well, you can't go by somebody else's experience. Right. The only thing that we have to base our faith on is what is written in the Word of God. Right. You see, what my experience is or somebody else's experience, uh, that don't count. <laughs> right. It's faith in God and mm -hmm. His Word. And so uh, here, again, it, you know, as so much, he was teaching. That, 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 that's why I, I love to talk about this. I, I love to teach it because I know it's going to help somebody. It's going to encourage somebody. It's going to give them hope. Well, you know, if, if God healed one person mm -hmm. and he won't heal you, then he lied then he and lied. he's changed. Right. Yep. But you see, thank God he didn't lie and he will heal you if you'll have faith in him mm -hmm. and in the promise of his word because his word is forever settled in heaven, and he's the same. He never changes. And if he healed one person, he'll heal you. Yep. Or he did. He changed. Yep. And people have to understand that when it says it's the children's bread, yeah, that means it's ours for the taking. Yeah, the bread's already been baked. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> you God. know, my my kids at home, or if anybody has kids, you, my kid don't have to cut because they're old enough if they're smart. But my kids, they don't have to come and say, Dad, uh, can I have a piece of bread? I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. I want to make a sandwich. If the bread's in there, it's been paid for. Yeah. <laughs> I paid for it at the store. So when it comes to the house, it's there for the taking. Yeah. It's the children's bread. And it's the bread. same way with yeah. healing. Yeah. We just have to take it. The price has already been paid. Take it by faith. Yeah. So, uh <clears throat> When y'all were talking about this, it reminded me of John 10, 10, you know, where it talks specifically in there that the thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. And I like this, and I'm reading from the Amplified. I came that you may have life and have it in abundance. And in the Amplified, it says, even at the, the marks there, to the full till it overflows. So 
God encompasses everything in our life if we've accepted Jesus Christ as mm-hmm. our Lord, personal Savior, that everything. He wants us healthy. He wants us mm-hmm. whole. Yeah. He, and then not just a little bit. Right. Uh, I can't see, like, and even if you go in there and look at that in the Greek, I think uh, to have life, he's talking about the God kind of life, the Zoe kind of life yeah. that he wants us to have and have it more abundantly. And, and in, mm-hmm. in, in our healing, we need to understand, and people need to understand that God wants people well. Yes. Specifically. Yeah. Right. Praise God. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, that, uh, again, is why it's so important to teach the truth of God's Word. I, I know this may be controversial to some, but, uh, you know, God don't just pick and choose who he will heal and right. who he, well, I'll heal you, but I ain't going to heal you. Well, you dirty dog, I'm not going to yeah. heal you. It's not a lottery system either. No. Uh you know, whoever comes to him in faith, believing, they receive. Right. Do you know there's not one instance in the gospel that I've been able to find, if you can find it, I want you to show it to me, where anybody who came to Jesus in faith, he ever said no to. Right. Yeah. Never, never, you won't find it. He never said no to one person when they came to him in faith. And the only people that he ministered to for healing that he couldn't help was in his hometown. It said there he could do no mighty works, yeah. save he laid his hands on a few sick folk. Yeah. But it went on to say because of what? Their unbelief. unbelief. Yeah. And then you know what he did? The cure for unbelief. He went about in their cities and mm-hmm. villages teaching. 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 Yep. The word of God. Teaching will dissolve yep. unbelief. Yeah. So that you have to that's why I was emphasizing that here in this passage mm-hmm. is because you have to be taught the truth of God's word. Faith comes by here, and I know we say it over and over, but it, it it's the truth. You got to do it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing some more. Mm-hmm. And the ability to hear also comes by the same word. Mm-hmm. That's what causes faith to arise in people's heart. Well, let's go on here a little bit. I know our time's getting away from it. Uh, and he said, uh, and that's my fault. I, <laughs> I, got, right. I got stuck on the teaching aspect of it. But it but it has to be done. And uh, praise God, I love doing it. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a long time to be bowed over. Yeah. I I, I know a, a woman, or knew a woman years ago, uh, lived in this town, uh, made me think of her. She walked, maybe not bowed over right. as bad as this woman, but she was bowed over from her mm-hmm. waist over, you know, and couldn't straighten up like normal a normal person would. Uh, I always felt so sorry for her because it it looked like it she was in pain just trying right. to walk, you know. But that made me think of this. I wish that I'd known then what I know now. Right. <laughs> Maybe we could have prayed for her and she'd have been okay. But uh, it said, and when Jesus saw her, he called her mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus sometimes even without a person asking, 
Jesus is so moved with compassion mm-hmm. that he'll heal them anyhow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. Bible tells that he saw the multitude and he was moved mm-hmm. with compassion and he healed every one of them. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Thank God for his compassion. And he said, uh, he called her to him and he said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He gave the command 